Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good evening and welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Telfer and we are broadcasting this episode live. No, it's not live. <laughs> We're broadcasting this episode from the plush Scotsman offices. This, I'm sure everyone who's been in here has had the same reaction. This is absolutely magnificent. Yes, yeah, so it's, now it's the second time being there. I'm like, yep. All okay. right. <laughs> and that voice you can hear, of course, is Joel Sked. Hello. Hello. We we were supposed to be joined by Tony Anderson to complete the threesome, but Tony Anderson is off sick with his work ill. Yes, I think it could be a reaction from the stag do, which had a reaction which uh, affected Monday's podcast. It became Tuesday's podcast. <laughs> Tony as well said that this was the normally when he's he's actually off his ill from his work. Normally when he's off ill, it's just because he wants more a bit more time in bed. But he's genuinely sick this time. So let's hope none of Tony's employers are listening here this evening. So myself and Joe, uh, it's a bit of a, a grab bag episode. What we're going to do is talk a bit about Rangers' exploits in Europe. They are tremendous success in Braga. Seen them qualify for the last. 16? Last 16, yeah. Last 16 of uh, the Europa League. We'll also take a dip into the lower leagues with Clyde, Brecon City and Stenhouse Muir, of, of course. course. And then we will answer your questions in a mailbag. And I uh, just want to say the questions were all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they really were. They were all... I don't think people understood the question. Yes, aye, aye. But nevertheless, we will we'll go through them and answer them. But we'll come on to that shortly because we will start in Braga. Where... No, we won't. We won't. We'll start... Uh, talking about the live show we've got coming up next week. That might be an idea, yes. <laughs> we are performing, performing, we'll say performing, at Yotel, it's a hotel, in Edinburgh on Queen Street. That will take place on the 5th of March at 7pm. Unfortunately, all the tickets are sold out at the moment. It was a free event, they've been snapped up. However, 
keep an eye on the Terrace Podcast Twitter because there might be a limited number of tickets become available and they'll be free to snap up again for free. Yeah. It looks like it's shaping up to be a decent event. It's going to be a half live podcast, half question and answer session. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yes, we were talking about what we wanted to do today and it sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Andy Muirhead, look away now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> I'm only half joking as well. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, nevertheless, yeah, as Joel says, keep an eye on your social media accounts because tickets may become available. But from Yotel to Braga, where Rangers recorded a, a super 1 0 win over the Portuguese club to qualify for the last 16 of the Europa League, and an incredible stat from Liam McLeod on, on, on the BBC, <laughs> who said it's the, the first time uh, that a, a Scottish club has won both ties. Of uh, both legs of a European tie since Celtic beat Blackburn in 2002. Remarkable. It is, yeah. I, uh, it was, it was, it was wonderful from uh, uh, from Mr. McLeod. Excellent uh, to do that. But it was uh, so post qualifying, post qualifying, So like the proper, the proper tournament. But yeah, I, I think that just sums up what Rangers have done in Europe. Under Gerard, they played 30 times in Europe. They just had. They've only been beaten three times. And you think of it, they've came from the first qualifying round twice now and they've become the first team in Europe to reach the last 16 of the Europa League having started in the first qualifying round it's a team that is it's a team that's suited to European football I think I was listening to what, what do you mean by that? just the way they set up I think I think they I think they enjoy it when they can play on the counter attack I was listening to Stephen Gerrard's interview with Jamie Carragher on, um, on, on Carragher's podcast I can't remember what it's called but he Carragher asked him about Benitez and the player, the, the managers he's worked under, and I think Benitez and Gerard always had quite a frosty relationship when they were uh, when they were player manager at Liverpool. Respectful, respectful, yeah. but I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was, they were close as maybe Carragher and Benitez were. Mm. But Gerard spoke really positively about Benitez and especially about his management and tactic in Europe. And the fact that he would, and I'm going to get, I'm going to veer down the line of Jonathan Wilson and inverting the pyramid. But in terms of low, like in the low blocks, medium blocks, high blocks, so where, where and when they press the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think he's seen that on Thursday night with their uh, just their tactics. So they just let the Braga back three have the ball when it was in their half, mm-hmm. and then when it came into it, they would try and force it. So Braga went wide. And so they, they they stopped them playing through the middle, went wide, and they were happy to just deal with crosses. Mm-hmm. He, it was it was quite a chaotic first hour or so until Rangers scored. It was it was quite chaotic. When you watch games, when you've already know the score, it's it's not as fun. But watching back that one was was really fun just to see how both teams took to it. Rangers, I mean Braga, were probably most likely going to score if by pressing Rangers when Rangers just won the ball mm-hmm. so that's that's where it got a bit like I said chaotic no one could really keep the ball and there were just bodies flying everywhere it was, it was really good players were really committing themselves and it was just really fun it was aggressive and it was like I said it was just it was just fun to watch you think Braga did enough to try and take the game to Rangers of course they only really needed a, a 1-0 win would have been enough to see them through to the last 16 I think I think they've only got one one way of playing and that is being really aggressive in terms of just having a really high line and getting as many bodies forward as possible. Once, 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 kind of Rangers to suss them out, which they had, mm. having played them ninety minutes. Ibrox, which for sixty minutes, Ibrox Braga one of one of the better teams I've seen in 
from a European perspective in, in Scotland in, in recent seasons and I thought Braga would maybe take Rangers to the cleaner but again it's all down to Michael Beale having stayed up to watch the boxing <laughs> and, and, and Steven Gerrard that they've, they've they, they saw what was wrong in the first leg and they corrected it and Braga ran out of idea. So mm. when, when you look at it, Rangers weren't really lucky. Rangers, this was a, a very controlled performance, even if they didn't have a lot of the ball. I haven't had a chance to see the game. I only watched the highlights. I only just watched them prior to recording this podcast. And what struck me was the number of times Rangers were able to get in behind. You mentioned that high line and the goal itself came, a, a very well-worked goal. It Brilliant, must be said, yeah, yeah. A, a great ball over from Hadji for, for Ryan Kent to run on to and put a smashing finish in. Uh, but up until that point... Up until that, God, I forgot we're not on the telly here, so <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't pause. But up until that point, Rangers did have a couple of chances to take the lead. Both teams had chances, actually, to take well, the lead. Both teams had chances. Rangers probably had the, the more clear-cut chances just because they were they were getting into areas where they had space. The, I think, especially in the first half, I feedback to that, uh, what I said about it being chaotic that, chaotic, that Rangers maybe tried to rush it too much, rush mm. that pass over the top, if they maybe took a uh, if they were a bit more composed, or Camberry held his held, held his run a bit more, he was offside a good number of he times. He was offside Canberry. a lot, a lot. He was offside a lot. That I think they would have scored earlier, but I think they, may, they maybe just tried to rush it rather than take their time. But that's it was it was one of those where there was so much so much space, and there's only you can only do that so much for Braga mm. when you've got quality at Kent. He can show quality, um, Hadji, and then we've got players like Jack who, as we've seen in the build-up to the first goal, was just so composed in what yeah. he was doing. Ryan Kent scored the winning goal. What have you made of Ryan Kent's performances, like so, in the in the past couple of months or so? It was, I think, he was heading. He was potentially heading for uh, being subbed. Mm. I think he had. He probably had two of Rangers' best chances. Uh, throughout the night and he also had a couple of opportunities on the break or in terms of getting in the final third and passing it with the two chances look he, he, he rushed him forced he him a wee rushed bit. him yeah but then you look at the the goal showed his quality where he had the, the pace the composure but also the kind of um showed great balance balance as well. and intelligence to go across the defender so if he was, he was so to try and he couldn't he would have to bring him down exactly that exactly I saw that you could see when he takes the run just prior to just 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 uh, playing a great finish the defender does that one you, you see it a lot with the defender the kind of Jump chest forward with their arms back, yeah, you know, to, to to show that I'm not I'm not going anywhere near him. You could see the defender do that before he he, he finished. Yeah, it was. Jared came out with a lot. Of, he came out afterwards and had a lot of praise for him. So he said that he's taken a lot of stick, but you have to look beyond the beyond the numbers, hmm. which. Uh, which in, in, in league, so so basically he says look beyond the numbers to what what else he gives Rangers in terms of off the ball movement and his work rate and stuff. But still, is that is that the case? Is he providing Rangers with something? He's not had an assist in the league for over a year. Am I right in saying that? Yes, over a year. So, I mean, I kind of disagree with it because it's a, he's a seven million pound player in the Scottish Premiership. He should be dominating games. He mm. should be making assists. It's it's one it's one of those where numbers aren't everything, but in this case, you'd want to see a lot more from 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 Ryan Kent. But again, he is he's, he's a big game player, and and he can do that. How much did Brian Loudrop cost when they sent him from Fiorentina? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. Something like three million pounds. That was it was a different age back then. 
as both of us Google uh, <laughs> Brian Loudrop. Yes, uh, I, I, I'd imagine though you would expect you, you're absolutely right and say you'd, you'd expect more. Uh, Two point three million pounds. So he's worth almost uh, three Brian Lo- more than more than three Brian Loudrops. He's definitely not three Brian Loudrops. <laughs> I was I, just just touching that. I was watching. Uh, I was doing an article on Hearts for Rangers two in the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. uh, because it's been twenty five years uh, since that game. And they played Shell on Saturday, and just watching some grainy footage of because you, you end up just down a YouTube uh, rabbit hole watching some grainy footage of Loudrop. He was just uh, on another. As level. a stallion, he galloped yeah. when, he, when, he, when he was playing football. Now, I don't want to keep the discussion about Rangers because I know that there's uh, that a lot of our listeners, if you, uh, they, they don't come here to, to listen to Rangers, yeah, yeah. nevertheless, there are a couple of pertinent questions. How far do you think Rangers can get in this this tournament? So, of course, it's always the luck of the draw. It's the luck of the draw, but I don't think there'd be. Too many teams out there that scare them. I th- like, yeah, uh, I think a couple of the Arsenal Football Club if uh, they qualify. I th- would they scare Rangers? They've not had the great. I think. I think that would like someone like Man United and uh, an Arsenal would kind of almost enliven Rangers, and I think they would. They would. They really want to go for it, especially with Gerrard in, in the dugout. So, I think it's, it's got to the position now where Rangers. I think fans are just like. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it on! Bring it on! We'll take anyone. So I mean, it'll just be it'll, they'll just be looking forward to whoever they they play, and because of their record in Europe and how they play, they'll fancy their chances. Of course, Celtic are playing uh, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, Copenhagen as we speak just now. So there's no point in talking about that. But just like hypothetically, if Celtic do qualify, you've got Celtic and Rangers in the the last sixteen. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to put my, uh, my my tabloid pundit hat on. This is brilliant for Scottish football, though, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it, it really depends on your your view. If you are, if you're very much of the view that you don't want Rangers and Celtic to extend their advantage. Uh, but beyond the rest of the teams, then you want them to fail in Europe because again, the money comes in, yeah. the money they get. I mean, it trickles down, but it's they just it just widens the gulf. Yeah. But it also, their success is opening up more channels. You see, uh, with the uh, with the UEFA Conference League coming in a couple of years' time, I can't believe up. they've called it that. <laughs> I, I, when I when I typed in, I thought, okay, that uh, someone must have just it just it must be a nickname, and they've actually called it the UEFA Conference big, League. Big Vanarama vibe. <laughs> so so it, it could get to the point where there's five teams qualifying, and it, it gives gives space for for more Scottish uh, clubs to get on on the gravy train. But I think it's. Uh, I think it kind of splits splits opinion. Rangers and Celtic do well in Europe. Can Rangers take this good European form into the domestic? Hopefully scenario? not, because you've got heart sticks. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll, we'll pre- <laughs> we might as well preview that match. How do you see that game going? Badly, badly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think so because Hearts. Toby Civic is. I think he's the more he he's, he's one of those players. The more he misses. Uh, games, the better it becomes. The better it becomes. I'm not sure how big of an influence he has, but it, it means him missing out kind of means Michael Smith plays in midfield. Michael Smith's a good midfielder, but probably could do with him in defence. So that's switch of formation. Rangers really, it's got to the point now where this cup game means, it's, a, it's, it's one of those where I, I never like using it. It's like when people go to uh, Celtic and Rangers in League of it's just a free hit. But this is, this is a free hit because no one's expecting it. Ticket sales are shit. Uh, everyone's expecting a beat, and the focus is on on uh, on surviving. 
as, as, a, as a Hearts fan, would you want to see Daniel Stendel <coughs> play a, a week inside and, and sort of rest players with the league in mind, or do you want to have a go for this match? Uh, no, because I, I don't want to come away from Saturday's match embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things have happened though You beat unexpectedly uh, Beat Rangers uh, Yeah last month. It's just one of those Where I think that Braga match Could be Could be a, Not not so much a turning point Because I think the, the league's gone for Rangers But A turning point for In terms of Their attitude going in towards uh, Going into domestic games again And I think People might talk about fatigue, but I think you've seen the celebrations. I think you see how buoyant Rangers fans are, Rangers players are, how buoyant the managers are. I think that will carry them into the game and really take it to hearts. Why do you think they've not been able to translate that good form into the league? You said that, is it because, as you mentioned at the start, they've got this style of football that, that tends to suit European matches more than, than it does the domestic? And what do they need to do? I think they need to keep Barisic and Tavernier fit because when they've played together in 16 league, ma- uh, 16 league matches, they've won 15 of them, mm. drawn one. I think that's a big thing. Ryan Kent mentioned it. He's, he talked about mentality that they, they, they suit the European mentality in that they are not so much underdogs, but there's not as much expectation. You don't want to hear a £7 million player no, uh, coming around Especially mentality. Rangers as well. Like, and and uh, domestic, they have to get used to that expectation. And I think, because you look at it, both times they've really put themselves uh, into the uh, right, basically right on the back of Celtic. They came back from the winter break and they have, have, have messed up. Oh, other games in the Scottish Cup. Might as well just talk about them briefly since we're here. Uh, we've kind of briefly previewed Hearts Rangers, which we hope doesn't end in an embarrassment <laughs> for the JPs. Uh, tomorrow night is Hibs versus Inverness Caledonian Thistle. It should be a quite a straightforward assignment for the old cabbage and ribs. I think so. I think I fully expect Hibs to com- not comfortably win, but ease into the ease, ease into the semi-finals if they do it'll be their sixth Scottish Cup semi-final in nine seasons that's, that's quite impressive actually it's impressive it's not been good for my heart rate <laughs> or my blood pressure but you look at Inverness's team and you just take cold I was uh, I was speaking to Neary's toe poker today just to get an idea of the uh, the starting 11 and who's injured and when you when you see that when he says that Kevin McCatty might come in for Lewis Toshney at centre-back to play alongside Brad McKay and them going up against McNulty and Dodge and then the pace of Martin Boyle. Yeah. I'm just thinking that I, I just can't see them coping with Hibs, especially Hibs who have, have uh, beaten Dundee United already and Inverness are so far behind Dundee United. Yeah, the only time I've seen Inverness this season was when they played Dundee United. It was last Friday night yep. in the on the BBC Scotland game. Uh, they lost that match 2-1 and they, they looked quite impressive in, in flashes. The small squad of players that's been decimated over the January uh, transfer window, yep. uh, like Jamie McCart leaving, Sean Rooney signed a pre-contract with St Johnston, Cole Donaldson going to Ross County. I think any side really struggle uh, after losing those players. And as you say, Brad Mackay... Kevin McCarthy, Christian Doidge, Martin Boyle. <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, on Saturday night, it says St Mirren versus Aberdeen. This is probably a really good time for St Mirren to be playing Aberdeen, given they had an excellent result against Motherwell through the week. It is. It's. It, it, it really seems to be coming together under Jim Goodwin. It's, it's kind of got. It's it's kind of reminiscent of, but better so than last season under. Bloody hell, I forgot the Oren Kearney. Oren Kearney is his name. Where they they kind of struggled on, struggled on, and it, it kind of uh, click. It's click sooner. 
thing with Goodwin is there's always been a solid kind of core to the team. They've always been well organised. Yeah. We've just missed that. Uh, that spark, spark up front. front. Yeah. yeah. And now Elke Dermis is playing a bit more consistently. Jonathan Abika mm, has he's he's been really, really impressive. I One of the features we do tomorrow on A View from the Terrace is going to be the FTSE Index. Yes. Uh, I've chosen another player other than... Uh, I've chosen a Kilmarnock player, but I was actually tempted to do Jonathan Abika just because he has really come to the fore uh, lately. He missed a really good chance when the teams met the last time and Paisley uh, hit the post. But I think he can cause a lot of problems. If he has a really good game, then I think Benning could sneak it. However, Aberdeen, their cup record, like Hibs, has, has been really good recently. You've seen that with their replay against Kilmarnock. They seem to be clicking under, uh, clicking again, or just finding their feet again under McInnes. They got beat by Ross County by game. They were down to 10 men and they were winning 1-0 when they went down to 10 men. I'm actually, I was going to say, I'm intri- really uh, intrigued to watch this, but unfortunately I'll be working at the Hearts game, so I'll miss it. But I, I it's, I want to say I'd, I'd quite like to see St. Minning get into this the, this, the semi-final, but because uh, they, they're really making my life difficult with uh, <laughs> pushing his hearts, uh, it's, I really don't care. Once. Go back to Jonathan Abika, in the words of our producer Andy Mass, keep your powder dry. Save yes. him for, yes, save him for the next be. time the, the FTSE index is on. And of course, Sunday's match is between St. Johnson and Celtic. The odds at the moment are certainly that the forecast really isn't in St. Johnson's favour here. No, I, I, someone told me uh, from this parish <laughs> that Celtic <laughs> have had an incredible record at, at McDermott Park and they've they've not, both McDermott Park and just playing St. Johnson at Parkhead and they've, they've not lost in a long time. However, it's it's probably the best St. Johnson have been, the best kind of uh, condition or form they've been in going into a Celtic game in a while. Yeah. They... Previously, earlier in the season, bigger part in the in the season, Tommy Knight was under a, a bit of pressure. They were sort of circling the drain. He kind of got the idea that perhaps he'd been there too. It's, it's a common criticism when, when a long-serving manager, the team starts to, to play poor law. He's been there too long. Maybe a, a change of things might do do them good. But that... Uh, they appear even even after lots of players like Matty Kennedy, they appear to have been galvanised by that. He's, he's actually he's quite good at rejuvenating the St Johnson team. So they they, they, they go down like I said. There's they, they sometimes have a lull, and then questions get asked of Tommy Wright. But he's quite good at rejuvenating team. But he does it kind of slowly. He's he's kind of uh, not eradicated, but he's moved on all the older players and he's brought through younger, fresh players. Obviously, Jamie McCarks came in and he's looked fantastic. Sean Rooney's coming in; he'll be uh, probably a better replace, uh, a better option than uh, than Tony Ralston. But uh, <laughs> I think you and I would be better options <laughs> than, than Tony Ralston. Is that right? Uh, get me correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Celtic. Because he was a fullback, they had Kieran Tierney who came into the team, surpassed all expectations. Tony Ralston, a fullback. There was a, a trainer thought at the club that we have got the new Kieran Tierney here. Let's give him a massive contract. And uh, we have what we have seen. They do not have the new, the new Kieran Tierney. <laughs> I, th- I think there was certainly a, uh, there was certainly something in that. And he also laughed in Neymar's face, so that I, I did, uh, I did a Celtic does. Yeah, like I did that, a few um, a f- uh, another zero to his to, to his contract. <laughs> Uh, well, that's uh, that, that. That's our good. Uh, that, that, that's our top flight stuff. I've I've contributed nothing. I've, I barely know anything about the top flight. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll turn this around, Joel, and you can ask me questions now about the lower leagues. I will. But first, we need to hear from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a very uh, nerdy American pon- th- podcast. We'll be back with you after these messages. <laughs> 
Yes, so we're going to dip into the lower leagues and we'll start at uh, we'll start at Clyde in League Two. Yes, uh, League One. <laughs> yes, we'll start with Clyde, who graduated from League Two into League yes, One. Yes, that's, that's right. I can see. I can see why why the, the, the connection was there. Yeah, um, not having the the best of times of it at, at Clyde at, at the moment, which is a, a bit of a surprise at the moment. Until I just bring up my. Uh, uh, Clyde lost on Tuesday night to Dumbarton. They were beaten 1-0 in what was, by all accounts, a, a terrible game of football, low in quality, but it was separated by uh, a goal from Morgan Neal, the big uh, big Dumbarton centre-back, to, to, to give them the, the lead. But Clyde, at the moment, they are in eighth place. There's a, a clutch of teams. It looks like Stranraer are, are bottom of the table. They're 16 points. Difficult to see them making up that eight-point gap in fourth athletic and ninth. Fourth, I've got 24 points, Clyde on 25, Peterhead on 26. And then beyond that, you've got Dumbarton, who really seem to be in their own, a league of their own, really, where they're probably not good enough to challenge for the, the, the top of the table, the, the top four, and probably too good to, to be the eight-point gap between them and fourth. At the start of the season, Clyde, I think there's a train of thought that Clyde could get into the top four themselves. They had their ending to last season was absolutely fantastic. If you remember that they experienced a points deduction, yeah, yeah. they were knocking. They were they were, looked like legitimate contenders with Peterhead at the top of the table. Looked as though they could compete for it. That didn't happen because they lost four points and and they were they put certainly they, they put that behind them though very quickly and, and pushed Peterhead all the way to the, the end of the season. They thrashed um, Edinburgh City and then Annan Athletic in the playoffs. And so the the, the the positive feeling at the club was a stage that that they could get into the top four. I always thought that was a wee bit fanciful myself. There's some very good teams in that division. You took at Falkirk and Wraith Rovers, the two full-time teams, you'd automatically have them taking those those two species. East Fife, although their form dipped over the tail end of last season. Uh, Montrose, who ended up finishing top for themselves, and, and Forfer were, were the teams I thought were going for it. Forfer, the only team, though, who have uh, who, who have really disappointed me. So then you've got Clyde, and it's just... Uh, aye, there's, there's, been a, there's been a... You know something, for a team who have spent so long out of the... I spent so long in the basement division. I remember Clyde for a long time were, were a laughing stock for club until perhaps like the last two seasons. Perhaps since the signing of David Goodwillie, mm-hmm. like a, a genuinely good player who, based on ability alone, should be nowhere near like like, like League Two or or League One even for that. But since then, they, they have shown themselves to, to a decent, capable side of of challenging. And this is probably to, to go up to win promotion via the playoffs. And then sort of struggle. That, that's probably what you'd expect from most teams. But there was, a, like I said, there's a almost an expectation because they have da- they had David Goodwilly and they they had some, that's kind of some decent names. Then mm. they and Peterhead were going to go up and okay, maybe not challenge for the title, but um, kind of make a make a name for us, make be a nuisance. It's what's what's the feeling from kind of Clyde fans about? This season is is it one of underperformance? A bit of un, is it underwhelming? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Given what you said, that they expect. I think it's it's one of those things. In in, in hindsight, you can you can start the season and, and be like brilliant, you know, fantastic tail end to last year. We we can really kick on here, and then 
now when you've lost what, four games in a row, you can kind of look back and maybe think maybe we did get a wee bit carried away there. I think that there, there's been some question marks about the the, the signings that, that Danny Lyons made. A lot of the players that came in in the, the summer perhaps haven't made the impression that a lot of people expected from him. They signed Tony Wallace and Chris Johnson from Annan Athletic. The, the, those two were two of the best players in, in League 2 last term. Wallace, uh, a capable sort of utility man, can play as a fullback, can play in the centre defence, can play all across the middle of the park. I don't really think he's had a position that he can really call his own. And you, you hear that a lot when uh, versatile players suffer because of yeah. their the, the, the versatility. I think certainly think that's happened for, for him. Chris Johnson really hasn't lived up to that mini Messi tag. He, he was unfortunately he was, he was, he was superb. Uh, yeah, he was excellent it, last, season. The end of last season. Oh, he was brilliant. I mean, when they beat Stennis Muir in the playoffs and relegated them, Chris Johnson's performance down at Gallabank was excellent. Every time he got the ball, he was he was up against Alan Reid at right back, turned him inside out, and and he was a, a key factor in, in them winning that that leg and then going on to to win the tie. I think throughout Chris Johnson's career, there's only maybe two seasons where he's actually played well consistently. Mm. When he broke through at Kilmarnock. Last season and an athletic, every other club he's not really, he's not really done it. You think at, at Wraith Rovers, big disappointment. It's Peter Head like, didn't, yeah. didn't do didn't do much when he was there, and you know I don't want to use the term flash in the pan, but I think that might might be the case with him. Uh, Darren Smith came in from Sterling Albion. I, I think uh, Clyde, if you're a striker coming in, it's always going to be very difficult because the way they play, it's like a four-five-one formation, and the whole system is designed to get the best out of David Goodwillie. David Goodwillie at Clyde is the equivalent of like a cheat code in, in mm. FIFA for, for for that level, and the, the over reliance on one player, you could get away from way with that at the the level down. So if other players weren't playing well. You had David Goodwillie who could score the goals to get you out of uh, jams. This season, when there, there's times when, when when there's been an over-reliance in Goodwillie, when he's not played well, the team don't really have any... Uh, there, there's no, nobody really in reserve to do that. So Dan Smith, uh, who, who we touched on there, he signed from Sterling Albion. He was always a very good striker, at, um, league, particularly in League 2 level with, with the Beano's. He's been played out wide. I don't necessarily think that's his best position. He's got pace. He played there when he was younger as as, as a winger when he broke through at Motherwell. But I think since he's sort of like established himself as a lower league player, it has been at centre forward. Just about, I've got a couple of points to make, but first one, Darren Smith, is he the person you talked about or with the... Uh, when you worked at Sky, yes, uh, with the lady who's uh, I tell you, oh, because we never fucking never told the story when we were there. Uh, we're filming yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I it's quite a funny story. Uh, when I worked at Sky Customer Services, there was a, a, I worked in technical support. There was a woman who phoned up. She was getting no satellite signal on her box. Now, when it comes to no satellite signal, if there's you know you ever seen it, you get the blue screen with a message on it. Yeah, and there's yeah. a number in the corner. There's certain numbers that, that means like there's the the satellite dish is blocked or there's, there's a fault with the cable or something. If it comes to one number, it's like number 25, that's a kiss of death. You know, that means you're going to, have to need to get someone out. There's nothing we can do. But it, you only can only do that if you go through the, all the diagnostics and they've got a whole list of processes like do this, like switch on, switch it off. If that doesn't work, do this. Where we, you, do, you fiddle about with the remote control. If that doesn't work, you do this. And it comes all the way down to something called a full planner reset. And that basically deletes everything off the box. So this woman was on the phone to her and uh, she was a big Motherwell fan. She 
when we said to her, we're going to need to do this full plan of reset, this deletes everything off your box. Oh, but we've got the six six game <laughs> saved in it. And I was like, yeah, I know something. I'm terribly sorry. I, I I know that you've probably got some some really important things there, but we, we do have to. This is the only way we can get it to work. So she went through the process um, and, and and deleted everything off her box. But it takes it takes about two or three minutes to to do this. And a lot of the time, when you're on the phone to a stranger, it can be excruciating. Yep. absolutely excruciating. I, when she was a Motherwell fan, I said, "So you know Darren Smith?" She's and she's aye. We've got him alone at Steny. Have you? Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> He's all right. Aye. <laughs> Has the green light come back on? Right, there, well, there you go. Then there we go. So they're actually not a, not a funny story, but just sort of more 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 pathetic story for on both our parts. I think she will still remember that. Well, she does. I don't really remember. I mean, most of the calls you got in the call centre were absolutely rubbish. But I do remember that one just because of the 6-6 six, six game. And they say, like, her and her family still watch it from time to time. And there's uh, there's me making her delete it for some, something she probably Now the family have broken off. And, uh... <laughs> Aye, that, that, that was the old butterfly effect there. The husband left her and never sees the daughter anymore. Um, going back to... Going back Aye, sorry, going back to Clyde. So uh, do you have a point about Darren Smith? Because you mentioned David Willey and the fact that it's 4-5. It's built all around him. Hmm. You look at the goals scored this season just concentrating on the league mm-hmm. he scored 17 the next the, the the next kind of top goal scorer is Dana Smith and Chris Johnson on two Yeah. do you think that there's a case to be made that Clyde could move someone up beside Goodwillie maybe get the best maybe get even better out of him but also have someone else there who is another target and so they're, they're not so reliant on him I think that there's definitely the case for that I think when you play at this level the, the most common tactic you see is is four four two, and that, I think mm. that a lot of the time it's a case of just getting the best players in the park and and kind of you, you kind of coach them, you, you drill them, and just let them do their thing because you're only seeing them like twice a week, so you don't really have a chance to work in like intricate systems and shapes. So I, I do think that there's a, there's definitely an argument for that. Um, I think obviously the way that that he wants to play. Um, he likes having Danny Lane. Say he Danny Lane likes having uh, three central midfielders. You know they've got Ray Grant and Chris McStay. I don't think they're in particularly good form at the moment. It's, I, I, it's, it's a it's a conundrum. It's yeah, a conundrum. They brought in 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 the win the winter window. They brought Greg Weldon because he was unattached. I, I didn't even know he was there. So that's how much that's how well he's done. And brought back Tom Lang from Dunfermline on loan. I think Tom Lang's a good signing. Mm. Uh, I think central central defence was an area that needs strength, and they had Craig Howie and Scott Rumsby there. I think that the, it was just the pair of them to, to play at centre back. So having Tom Lang didn't really didn't really play at all at Dunfermline Athletic. So I think having him back, he he did them a good turn uh, last season. Um, another one, Greg Wild. Well, he was he was a talented player once, but he's there's a reason he's playing at Clyde. I don't like saying and that. Was kind of he's, a, uh, he's a wee bit. A wee bit heavy, but I suppose for him though, it's, it's a case of going to Clyde and, and yeah, working as hard working as possible. Uh, keep working. I'd say about that. Before before we move on, it's what do you see of Clyde for the rest of the season? Because it does look like it's between Peterhead, Clyde, and Four for Four the, for that ninth place. And I think I think this month they've they've played four four times this month and. They've they competed well. They played Wraith Rovers uh, the previous week, and they did give Wraith Rovers a bit of a game. Sean was saying that they Wraith were pretty lucky that I think it was Thompson had a really good game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's the sort of thing when you're playing the the league leaders and you and you run them close. That's a cause for optimism. However, you play against a bunch of also rands like Dumbarton, 
and you lose 1-0 to them without really troubling the goalkeeper that's a cause for concern on top of that at the start of the month they, they lost uh, at Forfra Athletic they, they weren't particularly good there weren't particularly good uh, against Adrianians lost two goals in the first half and that and never really put the diamonds under any pressure I think there is a little bit of onus on, on Danny Lennon to try and uh, to pull, pull out this funk I, I'm not sure these teams at the bottom of the table the Peterhead Forfra and uh, Clyde, they, they, they all seem to be a, a much of a much. I know that must might sound like a, a lazy thing to say, but, they're, but they're, they're very, I think they're similar in terms of their, their strengths and weaknesses. There mm. are players in each team who can be really good. There are players in the team that aren't as good. That sounds, I sound really thick by saying <laughs> that. That sounds like there's absolutely no, no level of insight there at, at all. But it's just the, you win games by scoring one more than the opposition. Th- this is it. This this is it. And this is something that, that that Clyde need to do more of. I sound that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. It sounds like I've really uh, come underprepared for that. I hope I hope though that people have listened uh, have taken away something from that. Do you think Danny Lennon will be under pressure because of the fact that they've kind of been in a that's not a relegation battle, but a, a, a battle to to avoid the playoff spot? Not particularly, no. I think since Danny Lennon's come into play, we said since he signed David Goodwill, I'd actually... David Goodwill was there when they nearly finished... Um, they were nearly, they nearly finished 10th yeah. in League 2. Uh, he came in under Barry Ferguson when David Goodwill was signed. So actually, I, I correct what I said there, and it's since Danny Lennon and Alan Moore came in, I've completely rejuvenated the club galvanised supporters and I think that there perhaps needs to you need to take a step back and think we have come a long way as a club as a support base since Danny Lennon came in and he's probably under pressure I think he would probably put himself under pressure given how particularly well they were doing earlier in the the season they they had a a real uh, good run of form from about August up until the the, the end of October there when I think they lost once in something like eight games something like that which which is a a, a really good run and they beat Falkirk and they beat Falkirk you know they they play Falkirk at the the weekend and they're the the only team they've drawn with them and beaten them so they're the only team to have won uh, in Grangemouth as as well I think he'll put himself under pressure more but immediately no if Clyde do get relegated and to be honest I can't see maybe Queen's Park I can't necessarily see a team I think who finishes ninth that's what I said I think Sonar will go down and whoever finishes in ninth will stay up via the playoffs I don't think Edinburgh City are strong I think they've still got a bit of learning to do Count Beath aren't in great form. They see it's their early season form that's got them there. Tailed off. Yeah, they have have really tailed off. That might change. You know, they they might uh, they've got they've Edinburgh and Count Beath play each other the weekend, so so that might tell you a lot. And then it's between Queens Park, still an Albion, and an Athletic. And I think Queens Park are perhaps most likely to to uh, to to strengthen. Who did I say? Annan, Annan or Shite? Sorry, no. Elgin, Sterling, and Queens Park between those three. Um, no, nah, I can see whoever finishes in ninth place staying up, unless it's Peterhead. No, no, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not going to put balls in the line there. Danny, Danny Lennon's going to play himself before the end of the season, isn't he? You know what? See, they're finally, they've, got, they've got like Airdrie on the final. Imagine they finish in ninth, right? And it's confirmed to be like two games to go. They, they, they've got a terrible run, they finish in ninth, and you're resting players. 
Why not? <laughs> why, why not? What's got to leave you? You need to rest, players. Give, give, uh, give the old boy a run out. I, I was more thinking as an inspirational tool. He's thinking, right, we're we're in a dogfight. I'm going to put myself in here and show them how to do it. <laughs> and he gets snapped early doors. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes. I just imagine like, like a piece of advertising hoarding to carry him off the, <laughs> carry him off the pitch. Right, we'll move to League Two and we'll start with... We'll, we'll start with Brecon. Yeah, definitely. We'll start with Brecon. Uh, Brecon... <laughs> Dare I say it, Breakin are on their best run of form this season. Back to back nil nil draws. <laughs> we were laughing, you know, to, to, we're laughing, but it's it's uh, to to get two clean sheets. Given how how badly Breakin have been this season, I think they had two clean sheets prior to playing Edinburgh City at the weekend. Two clean sheets over over the co- co- course of the whole season. They they went to. I was there on Saturday. I went to see them play against Edinburgh City, um, and a dismal game of football. It was re- really really dull. Defensively, though, they really looked to have their act together. And by all accounts, last night they they, they were equally as as obdurate and and solid. I think that that Mark Wilson was able to play. Yeah, made a couple of changes. Um, I think Ryan McCord came in. Uh, last night, but was more or less able to play uh, a, a similar a similar to team to the one that that played against um, Edinburgh. And what what he's done now, he's changed things. He's moved to a back five, but it's a back five where they don't have wing backs. It's just it's two, two 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 full backs and, uh, and and three central defenders. And uh, dare I say it, one of the guys who is coming and appears to have made a difference is Alex Petkov, mm-hmm. who's coming on loan from Hearts. Now didn't necessarily have the best of times with Clyde. I think he was played in central defence, didn't really make much of an impression, played in midfield, left an even worse impression in, in, in central midfield. But with Breakin, I'll say this about Petkov, he looks like a football player. Yeah, he's big, he's a, he's a, he's a big laddie. He is a big lump of a boy. He's and I think when he fills out, I mean he's all 19, 19, 20? 20, I think so. I think he's I think he's I think he's turned twenty. If he fills out, he could become a, a real solid no-nonsense stopper because against uh, Doogie Hill and uh, Jonathan Page he was playing on the, the right-hand side of, of, of the back three and basically just Edinburgh City weren't at their best they had Johnny Court was Johnny Court's got a rugby background Busy, he's busy Busy uh, Grant Savory who they've got on loan from Celtic he had a couple of nice touches actually Edinburgh and um, Scott Shepard mm. also who's having a decent season with Edinburgh but they, they largely kept them at arm's length it, Edinburgh looked good when through the first half with, with these guys on these are, these three players particularly Savory and Shepard they're quite diminutive characters so there's only really one way you can play with them and that's getting balls and defeat and that's something that Danny Handling and Mark Laird did really well James McDonough changed it in the second half he took off Savory and brought on Blair Henderson Blair Henderson come nowhere near close to repeating the, the goal scoring feats of last term and when they they brought Henderson on, they, they changed the game. They, in the first half, they tried to play through uh, Laird and handling him in the middle of the park. When Henderson came on, gives gives the sort of centre backs an easy option. Why do you want to pass to someone ten yards in front of you and a man near him when you just lump it forward and and in the wind? And for like for as all Henderson's quick as a target man, that's meat and drink for Johnny mm. Page and, and and Doogie Hill and Alex Petkov, and they they dealt with them well. Against Queen's Park, what I've I've only read some comments and it sounded like it was a pretty uneventful match. But uh, Salim Kudera Issa, spoken about him in a view from the terrace, he has been a, a 
prolific striker for Queen's Park this season. He's having a, a, a tremendous campaign. The three of them managed to keep him in quiet and, and kept David Galt quiet as well. So that's something I thought after the Edinburgh game. It's how how do you build on that if you're breaking? I mean, because that's what I was going to ask you. That it all, it's all well and good getting draws, but they are seven points behind yeah. Albion Rovers, who have two games to handle yeah. them. That it's got to the point where draws are. Oh, it's obviously better, but not good enough. They they need to start getting wins. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's t- you worry about them running out of time. You know, I think what we've seen if if those if that game against Edinburgh City, you say that's the platform to build on. They have built on that because they've gone to Queens Park, who under Mister Raymond McKinnon, they've lost once in the league, and that was against the uh, Cove Rangers last week. So to go away to Queens Park and get a, a nil nil draw, that's pretty good. They're Against Edinburgh, they, they did show if Paul McManus had a couple of times when he was put through in goal, if his touch had been a bit more sure, unexpectedly let him down on two occasions when, when he was put through. You'd expect a wee more finesse from him. Andy Jackson doesn't look particularly fit, looks like he's about a stone overweight, but he has proven himself to be a, a good lower league player, very popular player with Breakin as well. If he can get up to speed... You actually go through so many players in that breaking team. There's so many players that are just unfit. Martin, what about uh, Martin Scott? Aye, that's good. Aye, Jimmy Scott was an interesting. He's coming from Cove Rangers. He uh, lost his place in the team there, and breaking breaking paid for him. He's busy, and he he's he, he's got an assuredness of touch. Jimmy Scott. One of the things that a criticism of him he tries to do is sort of like hooked reverse passes. Like like when he gets the ball into him, he tries to hook it, like he sort of side on, like like if you if you Yeah yeah. I'd probably need to stand up and show you he tries to do that a bit too often, but he's got a he's an aggressive forward, he can he can run hard, he can press, and he and he's got a he's got a, a, a nice touch. I think injuries are something that, that's perhaps held him back in his career, particularly since he's moved part time. He was part of S. Dennis Muir's promotion winning mm-hmm. side, barely kicked the ball for them, albeit he scored in the the match against um who did they play in there? Who did they? What what team? Do, against Queens Park. That's right. They play. They they relegated Queens Park. So they did. Sorry, he scored. He, I'm talking shit here. He scored. He scored in. Uh, he scored in one of those games um, to, to to give him a chance. So he's a, an ex- wily campaigner, an experienced campaigner. Uh, it's, it's, but the thing is, though, when you play, when you play the way Breaking do, we talk, we're, we're kind of laughing about them playing a back three with two fullbacks. That's basically half the team is set up to defend. What I saw against uh, Edinburgh City, the fullbacks didn't really offer much width, barely crossed the halfway line, just kept it really, really solid. You sort of deep line, uh, deep line. Uh, Kieran Ingles was, was, was sort of like the deep line midfielder. So if it's, you don't, if you don't have, if you're playing that way and you don't have three players in the centre of the pitch who will help you, who put their foot on it, kind of dominate to allow those fullbacks to to get up and beyond them, then it's it's always going to be difficult to score goals. Mm-hmm, it's right. always going to be difficult to score goals. What I want to ask you, so, so looking at their fixtures coming up, so the the next three are let's say so their next five before they play Stanley Spear and Albion Rovers. Yeah, they're huge games. Home at Stirling, away at Cove, away at Elgin, home at Cowdenbeath, away at Annam. This is more a general point about the the lower leagues is with ten teams in it and kind of the, the premiership as well, with ten teams in it when 
you're playing each other four times, four times a season. When you're struggling at the bottom, it must make it really difficult to look at the fixture list and think, right, we can put a run yeah, together. That's because a good point. You, you're like, okay, Sterling at home, we could get three points. Bang, you're away to Cove Rangers. It's like Elgin away and then Cowden away. That they're, they're, they're home. They're, they're difficult matches on paper. It, it does seem like it's it's one for managers where. I think it was uh, Rory Loy talked to you about Jack Ross, mm. how he came in. He's like, we're going to pick up points from here, here, and here. He kind yeah. of detailed it out. That I think it, would be, it, it seems like it would be difficult to do. I completely agree with you. I, I, I don't, I, I'd, I'd love to know what Mark Wilson's doing to, to, to motivate these players and, and how, he's, how, how he's working with them and how he's trying to, to keep training light and how he's trying to keep people focused on. The, the, the task at hand because I imagine if you're if you're a player, uh, any player, you know, kind of there's holding players are only in it for themselves mm. and stuff like that. But you don't want to be for for me for for me. I would think that Christ, I I do not want to be the person who is part of the team yes, that, that 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 sees this historic club, very popular club in Scottish football, drop out. That's what I'd be interested in doing and uh, interested in, in in finding out how you how you do that. But you're right because you've you. I think it was a uh, it was Mark McGuigan that I did a podcast with. We talked about when when Senesmere beat Peterhead in the the playoff finals in 2018. I was kind of like, what's your? I remember asking, what's the feeling like going into these games? And he just said, there's no secrets anymore. You know exactly what you're going to get from them. They know exactly what they're going to get from you. So it's, it's not as if you can spring a substitute from the bench that, that nobody's that nobody's familiar with. And I, you mentioned it earlier on in the earlier on uh, the, the, the podcast that because when we're talking about Clyde and Danny Wilson, maybe change information because you don't have Danny a, Lennon. Sorry, this is Danny Danny <laughs> Lennon because you don't have a lot of time on the training ground to work with them that it makes it even more difficult to spring those surprises so you, you could a manager a full time manager in the premiership could go right we can work on uh, we can just completely uh, we can completely change it rip it up and we'll start again yeah. and teams won't know that's uh, what's coming that's very difficult for a part time manager I, I think you're right and you're kind of looking for players and, and that if, you, if you've changed it for basically if you say we're going to put player back five and we're just going to shut teams down and stop them from getting in behind you're kind of then there's a, a big onus on players who can, who can do things off the cuff. That's what we talk about. Jimmy Scott, he's a player that can do things off the cuff. Ryan McCord, although he's not certainly not had a, a good season at all, but he's the sort of player that, that can make things happen. There's a big onus on on, on these guys. Paul McManus is um, whenever I've seen Breakin actually, Paul McManus always seems to play well. Uh, kind of old old school battering and forward. These are the guys that that you're kind of you, you probably don't get the chance to work in attacking patterns or. Shifts of play yeah. or anything like that. So you, there's just guy, just please, <laughs> please make something happen. <laughs> right before we move on, uh, finish up the look at the low leagues. We'll talk about Stevie Smear because I think every time you're on, they're on. There's they're, they're at a different point because the last time you're on, there I think they're really struggling. Yeah. And now they've picked up yeah, again. You know, I, looking like they could pick up. You know, so you're right. They've played the last six matches. They have picked up eleven points from the last six matches, and as embarrassed as I'm to say that, that's their best run of form this season. Uh, the the last time they played, they were supposed to play Sterling Albion at the weekend. That game was called off because of um, the, the the pitch was rained off. That's why I went to to Edinburgh City versus Brecon. So the last time they played, they played Albion Rovers and beat Albion Rovers one 0 And for the first twenty minutes or so, Stensmuir were, were, were superb. They, they, they really, really looked the part. And in the first twenty minutes, it culminated with Botty Biabi scoring a really nice goal. It was a really good run by David Hopkirk. He got played in, and basically it was like the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper 
How do I, I can't? I have no idea how I can explain this on a podcast. <laughs> but but Hopkirk had the ball and he bought Biabi kind of running and he played a cross through and rather than sort of giving uh, Biabi like a, a tapping, it was off the ground. So the way Biabi finished, he slid in on his knees and chested it into the net. Okay, which is a really really good, really clever, it's very really, yeah, very uh, instinctive. Yes, yeah, very uh, very um, what's the word? Uh, uh, ingenious. Yeah, uh, 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 improvised. That's it. That's what I'm for. Very improvised finish. But Albion Rovers, as you you always tend to get from Albion Rovers, they are you know no names in that team. I I seen him. God, that'll be the third time I've seen him this season. The only guy that really stuck out for me is Declan Byrne, the the captain, centre forward, who's very, very dogged, very, very hard working. He's sort of if if you could imagine an Albion Rovers player, you're imagining Declan Byrne, somebody that's hard working, somebody who will absolutely run his arse off for the team, put himself about, and and he did that. I think Stenismuir largely kept him at arm's length. Um, they were organised, but but they didn't have uh, didn't didn't really do much. Um, pass for Steny. It's I know it's been a frustrating season. I, there's no no get away from I, that. I, that's what I wanted to ask you about. That was coming into it. You were, I think you were hopeful that there's going to be at least a a push for the playoffs. Yeah, it's. It's frustrating. The right is it just just you know, disappointing? So, ah, it's d- disappointing. This is the season. It's been I've been told this publicly. I've been told this privately. It's like this is the most. This is the biggest budget Stennis Muir have had in years. And we are spending it on avoiding 10th place. Gary Harkins, for instance. You would sign a player like Gary Harkins to, to be the icing on the cake as you try to win. Clubs never won a league title before, you know. Gary Harkins is the sort of player you would sign mid- midway through. He's the sort of player that would galvanise a team and, and push you on for the title. We're signing Gary Harkins, who's come off the bench, you know, to, to help us. He's not the type of player that's... For a team that's down the bottom. No, no, no. I was surprised when we He's, surprised when we signed him. To be honest, because you, you look at probably Gary Harkins, Greg Spence is another one. I think a lot of I know you were off uh, off this uh, off this thought. Though a lot of people would have looked at that and thought, oh. That's uh, that's a good good sign yeah. at that level, but you, you kind of look scratch below the surface. It's he's he's he struggled a bit. Well, I would say what I've seen what I've seen from Gary Harkins. Gary Harkins played against Cowdenbeath in the two each draw uh, at the in the early early to mid February. Gary Harkins is rubbish in that match. No getting away from it. He's on paper he's the most talented player in that division. Certainly the biggest name. In the, in the division, mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of reputation, but when he was in the ball, he would dribble the ball in the Cowden Beef players' shins. He would try to beat players on when there was there was, there was no 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 point in doing it in the, in the wrong place in the pitch. He would go down easily, look for fouls, and you're thinking, "Geez, oh, he's I imagine our best paid player by some distance, given given where he's come from. We're really not getting value for money from here. Team are two one down. He get picks up the ball on the left wing." Been marked by Graham Taylor, takes Graham Taylor one way, takes him another, takes him another way again, and plays in this world class ball for David Hopkirk to beat his marker and finish. And you're kind of like, right, that's kind of what you're you're going to get from Gary Harkins. But I think at this level, you need a wee bit more from mm. from, from Gary Harkins. So the signing of Greg Spence, I I was kind of like, four says a great sign for that. I was like, well, he's no scored the league goal in two years. Then he scored like the other week. Greg Spence has been a, a very a very pleased with what I've seen for Greg Spence. That's good. Really hard working and and uh, good inside the box. I think him and Biabi are working well, quite well together. Gary Harkins though, I'm kind of jury's still out in that one. Yeah, he is. He is a player where you think you sign him where 
Stennis Muir are dominating teams. You yeah, know, totally, totally agree with you. And you can have these, it can be kind of quote unquote a luxury player. Yeah, totally, totally. But but we are still looking over our shoulders. We do not have uh, room for, for 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 luxury players. But that kind of but this this is as as you're saying this goes back to the original point that it's so disappointing to to have so this money to spend and you're spending it you're having to spend it to, to get yourself out of safety it should be spent on a, like a, a, a title challenge mm-hmm. not just promotion push but a title challenge but it goes back to the start of the season when, when Colin McMenamin just really a lot. Of the, I remember bumping it I was on a date uh, just the, yeah, yeah, I guess I get ass. I'm kidding on. So I said, yeah, he, I do all right, right? No. Wait, Have you listened to Jay Z and Kanye, Kanye West? I have actually. I'm listening. I'm going through Jay Z's entire back catalogue just now. It's an absolute slog. It's just a guy just talking about how how wealthy he is, and it's just like, come on, mate, come on, mate. Anyway, do, I remember bumping at Colin McMenamin and Babs on uh, on West Nile Street, a sort of fancy kebab place. Very nice. So take take Jenny there if you fancy it at some point next time you're in Glasgow. Do you like kebabs? Yeah, well, this is the place to go. But I was asking him how the how the how the the, the transfer window had, had been from this back in this back in June or July, and he just says difficult, difficult, and it was kind of. You don't want to kind of say to him, well, fucking get your finger out. And, and <laughs> how, you, how come you're out having your dinner? You should be on the phone. You should be on the phone getting boys in. But I think that was reflected. The squad they had at the start of the season was nowhere near good enough to, to challenge for the league. So many players that, that you just that, that you look at and you're just like, I, I honestly do not know what, what you're bringing to, to this team. Guys who are tidy in the ball, but nowhere, just not putting their impression on, on, on teams, not putting any personality on it. Defensively, all over the place, and it's only till Dave Irons is coming. It's taken a long time for Dave Irons to kind of to, to put things together, but the, the, I think that's reflected in the turnover of the of the the squad. I mean that the, the team. I I I don't want to. I wouldn't want to say too much, but the if this team had had started the the, the season. And it's very easy to say that because you're not going to get Gary Hart. Gary Hart isn't going to sign for Stenhouse Muir at the, in a summer. You know, he started the season at Partick Thistle in the Championship. If you but if you did start with this this team, I do think this team would be challenging for the maybe not Cove Rangers in the division, certainly for the, the playoffs. You'd be up there with Edinburgh and and Cowdenbeath anyway. Cool. We've done 55 minutes. Do you want to just do a, a few questions? Yeah, man, I've got them all here, Joe. So um, I've, got, I've got some in front of me as well. Right. Uh, there's. Uh, where, where should we start? I've, I've seen one which I'd like to I'd like to address. Okay. It's uh, from uh, Mr. Robert Borthwick. Okay. Has Joe finished the chili, or is there still some left? I want to we want to clear up something. So we had chili for, for lunch yesterday. Uh, Saltiest chili. Salty. Going. Yes, this is what I'm coming to. I was uh, Fowler was walking past me in the office, and he came across this week, and I was like, because I was having some leftovers mm-hmm. today. I like had a wee taste of it, and it was what it was. My eyes were just like, and my head's like, this is this is ridiculous. It's so salty, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We get, of course, that's it for for we get we film a view from the terrace on a Wednesday, and we get catering brought in for it, and uh, the chili, chili's all right, just very very salty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when you go there, um, you take uh, take Tupperware with you because uh, there's usually loads of it left, and you were sensible enough to do this, but I, not so, it seems. I, well, I was sensible to do it. However, I think uh, Robert is, has asked if I've uh, finished it or there's still some left, because I had already put a lot in my Tupperware, and s- some people still had to eat. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a wanker. Yep. <laughs> Did you ever get a slagging for that? <laughs> <laughs> be, be I felt really bad. Yeah, this is one from Chris Jack. If slash when we qualify for the Euros, would you do a fact? Actually, before we answer this one, I think what we asked was just general questions. 
uh, about Scottish football. That's what we were asking for, general questions. But I think the the tweet was quite badly worded. No, no, I, I thought it was. I thought it was questions about, uh, for people to ask us about a view from the terrace, about the show. Ah, right, okay. So we both got mixed up here. Right, okay, okay. Well then, this, then. I've been correct. Sorry, Chris, for cutting you off. If slash when we qualified for the Euros, would you do a summertime spin-off like when the old sitcoms would do a film which was just the same old shite but set in the Costa del Sol? I kind of like this idea. Absolutely, I'd do it. I'd do it. I mean, I heard how how, uh, how much fun everyone had in France. France, yeah. <laughs> I just, as long as you're not looking for somewhere to eat. <laughs> Or sharing a room with Duncan. I heard um, sharing a room with Duncan is like the, the scene in Jurassic Park when the T-Rex roars <laughs> and Lex and... and what's, what was he boy's name in it? Tim. Lex and Tim just cover their ears. That's what's sleeping next to Duncan. Sean, Sean and Craig Cairns are both very mild, mild-mannered men and I think they both lost their plot with him. Sean compared him to a water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that just by looking at him actually you can tell he's a snorer this guy's going to snore <laughs> this, this guy's going to be really really loud no but I think in terms of the question I very much doubt there'll be a TV spin-off for the Euros but I, I'm guessing there'll be plenty of podcast action to make up for it if Scotland get there no I think no you wouldn't want to do a European uh, a Euros football show without Scotland being there no no, no. no. have you seen the Pumphy Panther have you seen the Pumphy Panther lurking around Houston Industrial Estate before filming yet? That's from Liam. No, but we've had some. Uh, oh, you don't get the you don't get a taxi in the morning. No, I drive, I drive, I drive through. Uh, had some interesting taxi drivers. Right. Okay. Oh yes. Uh, tell us about the two most interesting taxi drivers you've seen. The two. One was a taxi driver who owned uh, owned pubs in uh, in Livingston. He, he just seemed. He, it was not nothing exciting. Just seemed interesting to talk to him about the pub trade and Livingston as well. Because Livingston, as I've come to discover, discover is a really weird place. Yes, uh, it just seems to be my my only experience with Livingston is basically just straight roads and roundabouts. Yeah, it's it's, it's it just must be so difficult getting round or having a night out and can understand why nobody wants to live there <laughs> or, or like go to the football. It just seems a bit of just it just seems everything seems a bit of uh, a faff to get to. I you ever played like the old Sim City? Where basically you can build like as the donuts you'll build like one two three one two one two one two. It's like the blocks that rather than build a block and then you, and then you put like a police station in the middle, or you put like a fire station or a hospital or something in the middle. This is the old snake. Uh, that's what Livingston reminds me of, where it's just everything just blocks and, and straight lines and, and and geometry. You know what else they do really well is they do office blocks like just the kind of new office blocks where you yes. can rent offices and they just, they just look. It's like rubbish. I think it must be the, the sort of central location. That's that's yeah, the, that's it's like commuting and stuff. Yes, like but uh, I, I I actually the, the drive through. It's like a, a forty minute drive from uh, from FK five. Um, I I just stick a podcast on, maybe stick a bit of Jay Z on, and it's 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 fine. Just coming in my 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 tracksuit in the mornings. My uh, hours is more getting on the train at Waverley, meeting Sean and Fowler at Haymarket. Sean gets on. Fowler's usually kind of jogging onto the train. That does not, that does not surprise me. That's I, I find it stressful enough, uh, sort of like like just actually being in the studio with him. I, I, Travelling would just add an extra layer of uh, anxiety that I'm, I'm quite glad I, I, I don't have. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> you had to pause there for that. It was, it was, it was. I think it was this week where uh, where Sean he got on. I was like, oh, where, where's Fowler? 
and uh, has he slept in again? And no, uh, Schwiller was there for like 15 minutes earlier. He was just, he was just standing in a different place. But that, he, that's where my mind goes. Yes, that is good. Um, one from Kieran Pollentier. This is a Simpsons quote. Can a monorail outrun the Flash and can Superman outrun the Flash? You're asking the wrong person. Sure, why not? There's, there's there's some questions there that are quite deep dives in terms of... Okay, well, try it. Can we quickly do a deep dive? It's already, are, we doing the, are we doing one from Andy Caldwell 1? Yes. Hearts, Falkirk, why are they shite? Falkirk aren't, Falkirk aren't shite. I just think they're perhaps underperforming slightly. They'd uh, an unpopular manager who signed some guff players at the start of the season, but they've always been competitive, although perhaps not at the level of competitiveness uh, people would be expected from. They can still go ahead and win the division. So it'd be an interesting battle at the top of the table between them and Wraith Rovers. But certainly, for the, all things considered, uh, pound for pound, Falkirk aren't shite this season. And they went toe-to-toe with Hearts, actually. They gave... They gave uh, Hearts quite a, a good game in the Scottish Cup. Hearts are shite. There is a gluttony of uh, reasons. Five reasons. Five reasons why hearts are shite. Five reasons. So we've got um, Anne Budge did, uh, not pulling the plug on Craig Levine. At should have been done in the summer. Should have been done in the summer. Then we've got the recruitment by Craig Levine. I mean, there's a lot of names. And kind of on paper you think, right, okay, that's, that's a good squad. But in hindsight, it left the squad unbalanced. Injuries. Have mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. decimated. Then the fact that brought in a manager, it, it took a long time to look at Jack Ross at Hibs. They got him in quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearts had uh, interviewed him or certainly spoke to him, but Hibs uh, brought him in because Daniel Stendel was the the one Hearts wanted. I don't think he was overly keen on coming in, but like Hearts pushed the boat for him. And then Stendel coming in. I hate to I hate to think what they've agreed to. To, to get him in I, I have no idea about numbers but I, I, I'd, I'd be scared I'd be scared <laughs> to know and then fifth one in is just the it's Stendhal has not quite got his style across it's it's still it's still in work he is a, a few people made this point but he is the type of manager you'd want to bring in in the summer yeah yeah where he's got the, yeah. the whole the whole pre-season to work on um, one from Cammy Hutton where did Dundee United need to improve when promoted as you, Everywhere, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I think, I think, looking at watch, watching Dundee United and the players they have is there's, there's players there who have either kind of passed it at Premiership level or never quite. You use a Darren Huckerby, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of comparison who Championship completely fine as we've seen this season, they just don't quite have it in the in the Premiership. So it's one of those where. Nielsen's done a lot of recruitment. I think there's needs to be a, probably a big, big overhaul. Aye, the, the only one uh, Dundee United fans will know better. Than me, the only one and <laughs> hilarious that I said in this podcast that I didn't think he'd be good enough for the the level. Lauren Shanklin looks the only one you could you could drop into the the Premiership and be like, aye, he'll he'll be fine. But will he be here? That's that's the that's the big that's the big issue because you look at I'm just looking at going for their squads. So you got Liam Smith wasn't great at uh, top flight. Uh, Adrian Sparla don't think he's done much. Mm-hmm. Dylan Powers I've not seen enough of. Mark Connolly, Mark Reynolds, Paul McMillan, Peter Paul Osmond, so Nicky Clark. It's, it's like I think like Nicky Clark will be like a Darren Huckerby type. Paul McMullen too inconsistent not big enough for I the like, level I like McMullen I like Pollitt I love So I think So's too many injuries uh, Pollitt I think he's still got something in it McMullen again he needs to find consistency so that's what I was talking about there McMullen yeah. about the Rakish Bingham <laughs> there were signs at Aki's but again just not cons- they've not got a team 
that's going to be consistent enough for uh, for the top flight. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for ones where there is... Uh, Here's one from Alan Donald. Have you used or been tempted to use the phrase, don't you know who I am, now that you are TV megastars? Uh, we're not TV megastars. Never be TV megastars. We're not. No, I don't think I've I've, I've ever used that. Uh, you kind of use it jokingly to like a, a, a friend, I'll just go and say, don't you know who I am, if yeah. I'm trying to get in somewhere. Or uh, People mostly say that to me, actually, now. You, uh, like you say, oh, just because you're a big, like, yeah, you're yeah. A big, big te- telly star, it's like, I'm not honestly here to see the audience figures. <laughs> I'm joking, actually. I don't don't know what they are uh, but no no of course not of course not that's uh i said imagine actually d- doing that like do, do, do you know who i am I, that's, it's I, that's, very that's, small time behavior isn't it aye that's um aye i would, I would, no, I would never do that i'm very uh, interested in this one from alan budge four it was just to me are you changing the program's name to a view from the championship next season rafe up hearts down <laughs> Now, that's, that's terrifying actually we, we <laughs> joked about that we, we joked, we about joked about that. on Wednesday because obviously Fowler and I concentrate on the on, on the premiership and it's, it'll be interesting when there's no if there's no kind of premiership person sitting on the couch again Fowler and I because of the podcast of the position we'll always be watching the, the premiership yeah. but I think Stennis' relegation in the summer was bad at least you've got somebody who's embedded in League Two <laughs> yeah. that's got that's got a better idea of it, rather than you having to watch highlights and, and kind of read the forums to to keep abreast of it. But aye, that's it's a scary thought. <laughs> let's, let's hope let's hope that doesn't happen. Kev Wilson 08 said, "Any plans to do another foreign VT summer to the Lana Clinton one?" Yes. yes. Um, I don't want to say too much about that, but it has been filmed, and uh, by the sounds of things, it's going to be very, very interesting. We've, I did say that we are very, very lucky with the the team of people that that we work with. In a view from the terrace, I Creative, think, creatively wise, I, it's just... I, like our director. I've said it before, but I think our director Jordan's probably one of the cleverest people I've ever worked with. I think it's an absolute privilege to be working with him, and. I, I would say it's like the the terrace kind. It's like it's like a it's like a watch. Myself, Joel, Fowler, Sean, and and Robert, we're like the the hands. You're probably the most visible moving component on it because mm. we're the ones in front of the camera. But you think you go away from the peel away from the the, the face, and there's so many cogs in there that make it make it what it is. And it just... There's there's, a, there's a, uh, I think a lot of comments, and they're quite nice to see of people. all oh, why why aren't you on every week? Um, <laughs> <running> of ideas, <laughs> exactly. But it's 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 very very taxing because it's it's a it's a relatively like a, it's a big operation to put up because of the VTs. They are they're hard to do. Like the even just like the the, the legal stuff behind yeah, it. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting in, getting in contact with, with with people, just putting all the like I said, just putting everything together. I mean, if it was just us four or five jabronis talking on the couch every week, no and like bother. for half an hour an hour, then yeah, you could do that. No bother, but. I think the like the VTs like Lana stuff and Lana Clare, the, the two that are apparently coming up this that uh, this week would really elevate. Uh, yeah, when you're totally, it. totally agree with you. And I think that if you were to take that away and just have say it was just I forty five minutes, like you see, you see, you took that took the VTs away and just us talking for forty five minutes. I think the show would be quite you'd lose running time, but you would really lose something. The VTs. I they are as I don't you want to put more importance on them, but they're the ones that sort they're, they're the things that are getting you noticed. Yeah, the Wes Anderson does our both highlights. Eriskages, aye, they they're great for for social and they're also for, like for dragging in new viewers, but they're also for viewers who maybe just have a passing interest in Scottish football or don't know much about uh, Scottish football. That if 
there's there's so many people like I work with who very little interest in Scottish football, but it's these VTs that yeah. they're the ones that kind of hook them to the show and it's like, ah, oh, I should I quite like it. Yes, yes. Right, do you want to end there because we have uh, and move into uh, the Patreon? Uh, I see one more one more question is. Uh, this is from Begster, Colin Begsy. Do you fancy a beer after filming one week at the Livy Inn? Aye. Aye. Be quite good, I think, at the end of the... Aye. Uh, Colin, we'll give you a shout in May. Probably see about like uh, half past six, quarter to seven in the Livy Inn. Stay tuned till then. Perfect. Well, we are going to move on to record the Patreon. We are going to do the worst Stennis Muir team of all time, or... Pick past back. decade. We'll do the pa- 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 past, past decade. Do the past decade. Um, this is the one that everyone has been waiting for. Uh, they're actually really good to listen to on the the textures. Just it's some the the hearts one. I really enjoy the hearts one, and I'm sure that that Robert and and Craig Cairns were making players up. It's it's that. It's the ones that you 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 listen to other teams and you think either. I didn't know he played for them. I've completely forgot about him, or I've never heard of him in my life. Ah, it's like when we don't want to say too much about a uh, tomorrow night show, but we we've got John Sutton on it. Yes, uh, we asked him when the camera stopped rolling, uh, "Who's the worst player you've ever played with?" And he said, "A player I've never heard of." But your face lit up. You <laughs> 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 said it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say it on air because uh, I don't want to break John's confidence. Yes. But I, was, I was just like, I've, I've, I've no idea, no idea who this guy is. It was, it was surprising, but there we go. <laughs> so yes, uh, John Sutton is on the couch tomorrow with us. We are back uh, at half past ten for on BBC Scotland Channel. You will be able to catch us not long after the Hibs Inverness game. Yes. So tune in, or if you miss it. Get it on iPlayer throughout the week. Yeah, but listen, thank you very much for, for listening to myself and Joe. Uh, having spent 10 hours with him yesterday, I didn't think we'd possibly have anything <laughs> else to talk about. We've been going for a solid 71 minutes. So fair play to the pair of us. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.